politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, our property, and to use the policies, the strategies, and the initiatives that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. That's a tall order, but that is our agenda. We are relentlessly focused on what matters. Daniel Horowitz back here today at CR Podcast, Blaze Media, brand new week of broadcast. Monday, October 21st, and a lot of people ask me, they'll bump into me in a store on the streets, in the neighborhood, at services, and they'll say, hey, Daniel, it must be really busy for you, you know, before the election and everything, and I look at them and say, actually, you know, it's kind of in a holding pattern. It's relatively quiet now. I'll, I'll really get busy after the election, and they don't understand what I'm saying. You guys do. Because after the election is when you have the leverage points on policy, on strategy, on leadership elections for Congress, for state legislatures, for things that governors should be doing, that attorneys general in the states should be doing. If only Republican voters were as focused on that stuff as they were on the election, the elections that they work so hard on would actually be meaningful. But absent that focus, they're not meaningful. So that's why the next two weeks, we're going to largely focus on the news of the day through the prism of how in the world do we break this GOP fake illusion of opposition and force them to either really oppose the WEF transhumanist agenda, the Fourth Reich, let's just use the Fourth Reich for short form of all of our grievances, or at least expose them out in the open so they can't continue to play this double game. And we talked about this a lot last week, and I want to continue with some examples this week of how they're going to continue to try to evince this illusion of an opposition while all the policies that matter get worse. And like we said, the only things that actually matter are two things the budget and debt ceiling votes in Congress, and the red states willing to pass sovereignty bills, push back against the federal government, and protect our liberties, take their own destiny in their own hands. Anything short of that is meaningless. Now, the two have a lot to do with each other. In other words, if you had a party that, let's say, only had the House or the House and the Senate, but uh, not 60 votes in the Senate, not the presidency... You would pass standalone legislation. You would hold hearings in addition to using the budget leverage. And in fact, you would do that as a messaging tool building up towards the budget fights. And that would also harness the states to help you. So in other words, you know, people always ask, well, Daniel, what happens if you do have a government shutdown? I mean, who blinks first? You know, we say uh, we're, you know, we pass a budget bill, let's say out of the House, defunding the FBI defunding uh, catch and release at the border, defunding Pfizer, Ukraine war, all this stuff, transgenderism throughout the federal government, uh, transgenderism throughout the military and all the other bad stuff in the military. We have a list of 15, 20 things we want. We pass a budget, done. Senate, and, and by the way, the Senate Republicans would oppose it, but let's just indulge me here that the Senate Republicans would support it, but Democrats would have enough to filibuster, and either way, Biden obviously would veto it. Okay, so... 
Republicans obviously always give in and they pass the Democrat bill. But let's say they wouldn't and they would have a, you know, wouldn't pass theirs. Democrats would balk and you pass the deadline and the government shut down. So what happens at that point? One of the pieces of leverage is the states. It's like, who breaks the logjam? We want these policies. You don't. So we're kind of divided. Well, the states could come in and implement a lot of the things we want. So in other words, let's say we have no budget on the FBI. Well, states would come in and say, we're going to prohibit FBI agents from arresting people for X and X crimes. That's just one example. That puts further pressure to make it seem like we're winning. And by the way, don't sit and look me in the eyes and tell me you can't win a government shutdown media war with a dead carcass like Joe Biden. You know, in theory, you could say the last time we went through these debates with a Republican Congress, Democrat president, you had two charismatic, somewhat popular Democrat presidents, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. But the notion that somehow you can't win a fight with with Biden is absurd. You can't win because they won't fight it because they don't believe in it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's that's the point I want to make is that if this stuff happens, it's not because they didn't have the power. It's because the Republicans really are Democrats and support it, because if they did, these issues are so destructive. Let, let me let me bring your mind back to the ninety five, ninety six government shutdowns. Picture living during that time. That was a much tougher hill to climb for conservatives. Because then we were actually really fighting for conservatism. The economy was pretty good. The roaring 1990s. People generally felt very good. It was a very good time to be alive. It was illusory, but it was it was a you know juiced up stock market and a lot of technological advances. And the peace dividend from Reagan's ending of the Cold War and kind of before the war on terror, whatever that was and wasn't, commenced, it was a really good time to be alive. Okay? So conservatives didn't have any... We we weren't dealing with a Fourth Reich. Now, we would argue the buildup of that started then and we allowed it to fester for many years and didn't do anything about it. We were just talking about the debt in itself, which, by the way, at the time was a fraction of where it was today. What was it, like $5 trillion or something? $4 trillion? Now it's over 30 So then we were literally talking about Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, Head Start, these different programs. So the people were fine, and we were like, we're going to cut programs. And again, I, I, I'm conservative. I, I believe these things are harmful. They don't do anything. They created... To me, they were the foundation of the government we have today and the rotting out of individual, rugged individualism, dependency, people thinking for themselves, working for themselves. I haven't changed in that sense. But let's just face it, politically, that's a lot harder. Contrast that today when we're not asking for them to do major things. The economy is horrible. The Democrats are openly saying, rather than we're going to give you freebies, we're going to sell you scarcity, eating bugs and drinking sewage and having your lights off and getting shots every second and illnesses and pandemics. It's so criminal what they're doing. It's so easy to fight. And yet they won't do it. They will not do it. And I want to give you a number of examples of this illusory game they're going to make 
they're going to play, and our responsibility to stay focused and not allow them to sweet-talk us. Because remember, Kevin McCarthy is a master of this. I will tell you this. Here's what I do know. Kevin McCarthy is... He, he he learned the mistakes of John Boehner. He doesn't he's not going to joust with conservatives openly. And in fact, he's going to do, go on a charm offensive. And this is why I'm not going to mention names, but as you well know, he has saddled up to major prominent conservative talk show hosts. And he's going to continue doing that. It's like, yeah, this is terrible. And he might even express some of our skepticism, maybe to a certain degree on Pfizer, although he hasn't done it yet, and a certain degree on Ukraine, he made one statement about that. But in the way it actually matters, at the time it matters, he's going to ensure that the opposite happens. And we need to stay there to be focused. And that's why I was focusing you know, on Friday with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I was trying to get her to talk about some of these uh, Freedom Caucus ideas to lock leadership into a decentralized process in the House to allow conservatives more, more leverage. But absent that, we're going to be in big trouble. This is all going to get worse. In other words, we can no longer just sit calmly and say, how do we go over the federal budget and cut spending, cut spending or cut taxes in the abstract? I wish we could return to those days. We are fighting for literally, I mean, you look at immigration. We now have the final numbers. 227,000 migrant encounters in September. 2.378 million apprehensions in, in the fiscal year. We now have the full FY 2022 data. Not to mention 600,000 known gotaways, which is really double that. 28 on the terror watch list we caught, which means it's probably 1,000 we didn't catch because they pay a lot of money not to be caught. You, you can't last another few days with that. You can't have like, oh, yeah, well, we'll have some standalone bills. Yeah, the border is terrible. Every Republican, including, by the way, the rhinos that for years promoted illegal immigration, they're like, yeah, yeah it's terrible. Yeah. Now that it requires a 10 to deal with it, you'll move from a negative 2 to a 2. But that doesn't do us any good. The FBI arresting people. I can't even tell you the things that are happening now with private researchers that just, you know, I'm not talking about January 6th or, or, or even the people protesting outside abortion clinics. No one's alleged to have even committed a bogus crime. Just that, you know, you're doing the work I do, literally. The FBI is hacking into them. The entire military national security state is, is working on that. And the Republicans, they want to fund those programs in the military more than the Democrats do. And Ukraine, the 101st Airborne Division, they now stationed on their border. This has got to stop. We can't afford this, this dog and pony show. Oh, wait another 10 years until Republicans have 90 seats in the Senate and the President. We'll be dead by then. There is an easy way to fight the Democrats on these issues. But you have to stay fo focused and you have to force them to focus on it. So I want to show how they're, they're creating this illusion and why we need to hold them accountable. No, this is what you can be doing. This is what you should be doing. And that's what I'm all about. That's what separates this show as an advanced postgraduate study of politics versus these other people who offer you garbage. 
Now, one thing I am really proud of today, you know, if I can't get Republicans to do the right things, can't help elect conservatives that are actually conservative and actually work for us, at least to promote products that actually work. So many products are on the market now. There, there's a product for every ailment under the sun, any inconvenience under the sun. The problem is most of them don't really work. You know, Pfizer phony shots not working is not unique um, on the market. A lot of things don't work. We're sick of those products that just don't work, especially the Chinese junk. There's one ailment that terrifies me, and that's why I want to introduce you to Relief Band. So, you know, everyone has their things in life they're scared of. Since I was a kid, I had this phobia, and it's still in me, of nausea, severe nausea. There's nothing quite worse than that. Like, I'll take fever any day of the week. You know, you could at least lie in bed calmly um, if you have fever. I mean, when you're, like, you know, retching, I mean, forget it. Uh, I guess I had a lot of that when I was a kid. I don't, thankfully, I don't get it that much now. I wish we would have had this out on the market. Relief band. It's something you put on your wrist. You have to charge it up. You put gel on. It's kind of like just like a, a wristwatch. And it literally works for motion sickness, anxiety. Um, this is this is proven to work. It's the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven um, to prevent no, prevent and treat nausea and vomiting, motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness. This is very important for, for people who are pregnant um, on chemotherapy, uh, whether it's everyday nausea or, again, you know, people that have those, those uh, severe circumstances. You got to try this out at reliefband.com and use promo code CONSERVATIVE. So, my youngest, uh, Zach, he gets terrible motion sickness. 15 minutes into a car ride, even if it's not a big trip, like, you know, a Sunday trip to a park or something, you know, where he got to get the bag and, uh, you know, he says he has to throw up. So we went on a recent trip last week. That's why I was, I was out for a day and the kids were all fighting over it. So my only problem is I only have one of them now. I got to get more of them, but they really, really do work and it preempts it. So you do, we did it right away. And didn't have problems, so we didn't even have to have the kids take Dramamine. These things make you groggy, and who knows what happens when you put these chemicals in your body. You just put it on your wrist, and boom. Never go on a trip again without it, whether you're flying or whatever. And again, there's people that suffer such terrible, terrible uh, nausea. Um, and and the good news is they allow you to try it out for 30 days. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. That's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com. Use promo code CONSERVATIVE, and you get 20% off with that promo code plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to ReliefBand.com, promo code CONSERVATIVE. So folks, I want to sell you a Relief Band of conservatism. That's what I'm trying to do. What will actually work? It's that focus in those days after the election that are going to matter. And I want to give you an example of what we're asking. We're not asking for, you know, trillions of dollars in cuts to the budget. It would be nice, but frankly, I don't even care about the debt anymore. I I, I do know it's a big part of the inflation. I get that. But... It's like we have so many easier things to accomplish that will kill us quicker. 
you, know, you have a lot of these Republicans, even conservatives, that are talking about, oh, Medicare, Social Security, it's making the Trump tax cuts permanent. It, it, to me, that's not where it's at. It's like they, 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 the debt could be important. It's like someone has chronic diabetes. That's important. That could kill you. It's chronic. And then at some point, the person gets pancreatic cancer or one of these brain cancers that, are, that go very quick. If you don't come up with something really immediate and innovative, you're done. So to focus on the diabetes at that point is, is ridiculous. But that's what they're going to try to do. Oh, we're going to solve the 100-year conservative issues when you won't even fight the radical, destructive, unpopular things the left didn't even think of until five minutes ago. It's not so much the amount of spending cuts. Uh, it's the quality. It is what are those things funding? It's the catch and release. It's the FBI persecutions. It's the medical fascism. Relative to Social Security and Medicare, they're not a lot of money. It's not the dollar amount. You're not going to balance the budget off of those defund provisions. You'll save life, liberty, and property and humanity off of that. That needs to be the focus. But I want to warn you what is going to happen if you don't push some of these Freedom Caucus rules of decentralizing power. Some of you might know that there's a position called the Rules Committee. It was a committee, and, the, and the, obviously is a position, the Rules Committee chairman. That, in many respects, is the most powerful position in the House. That's the point man for leadership. You're always working. You're the, those are the people that have, they have hearings throughout the night. Why? It's the committee that holds a quick hearing on the rules structure of debate for any piece of legislation. It's literally the gatekeeper of what hits the floor of the United States Senate or, or House. Right. So in some respects, even if you're chairman of Ways and Means or you know um, Energy and Commerce. These big committees, appropriations, obviously, very, very powerful. But ultimately, what writes the bill out to the floor and what amendments are brought up? That's the Rules Committee and the Rules Committee chair. That's the number one position. The man who is likely to be Rules Committee chair, I think, because he's the ranking member, unless he's going to be termed out, is Tom Cole from Oklahoma. He's the biggest rhino, leftist, big government whore you could ever imagine. But there you have, from the state of Oklahoma, he's been there forever, and there's no way of getting him out. He is a top, he's a subcommittee chairman on the Appropriations Committee, and he is likely going to be Rules Committee chairman. And he's on the Steering Committee, which chooses all the um, other committee chairs. So he can he he when 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 we are like telling people wait another two weeks the cavalry is coming reinforcements the red wave that red red wave is all going to be funneled through a trickle quite literally of Tom Cole he's going to control the business on the house floor now ultimately it is at the behest of the speaker and majority leader who, you know, absent any ability to fight that, it, realistically, it's going to be Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise. But he's the man. Who is this man? NBC reports 
that the Justice, Justice Department is begging for more money to prosecute January Sixers. Now, you might think they already arrested 870 people. Like, who else could be involved? I mean, even if, even if you would count anyone who technically broke any law, they, they're accounted for. Believe me, they immediately had them spotted, which is very interesting how they were able to have all those cameras, all those websites, the snitchers set up. Very, very interesting. But say what you want, they were quite efficient. Even if you don't believe that it was premeditated, which it certainly was, but if you don't want to believe me on that, but they certainly did a great job of rounding them up. And they're saying they need more money. And simultaneously, we know we have Agent Friend, the whistleblower, who came to the Republican members of that very house that Tom Cole would be among its leaders. And the guy was like, dude, they, they, they're, they're now roping in people who are never in Washington, people just, you know, just, just for their own, just for political views. So you're, they're literally asking for funding to investigate and potentially prosecute people like you and me for, for opposing politically this administration. The hallmark of any democracy. And they're trying to, as NBC notes, they're trying to rush it in very quickly because they know that next year there's going to be a Congress, so they want to get it in December when the CR expires and they're likely to write an omnibus, which, again, shows you the betrayal of Mitch McConnell for allowing an omnibus when he could oppose it and get his members to oppose it and just pass a CR for another few months so the Republican Congress could deal with it. Meaning, not only, this is important to note, not only by writing an omnibus and not allowing the GOP conference to deal with it, are you going to allow the Democrats to control an entire another year of the budget and not defund these positions, but actually in, in, in December, it's going to provide them with one more opportunity to add funding and add policies to the Fourth Reich, and which they will do, especially if there is a big election win for Republicans. They're going to get it in, and McConnell will go right with it. And again, people will say, well, McConnell is a leftist. There's nothing we can do, and the House Republicans are better, but they don't have control yet. That's true, but Kevin McCarthy, could you imagine being on the other side of November 8th? He will be a much bigger name than Mitch McConnell. He's going to be the Newt Gingrich of the time. That's a pretty big platform. For him to hold a press conference and say, Mitch McConnell, absolutely, you know, you're going to underwrite, you're going to undercut the entire uh, leverage, the entire purpose of this election. I want to deal with fiscal year 2023 appropriations. You're going to send that to me. Believe me, that would have its effect. But I'm not exactly seeing him do that. Anyway, to cut to the chase... The um, Politico, not uh, NBC notes, some Republicans are open to it, meaning open to increasing, not only not defunding and demanding that we have the budget expire next year so a Republican Congress could defund it, but that they're open to increasing it. Representative Tom Cole of Oklahoma, senior GOP appropriator who objected to certifying the election results after January 6th attack, says he's open to authorizing more money, quote, those people ought to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I don't have any problem giving the Justice Department the resources it needs to do that. I don't have any problem spending extra money to make sure that anybody that broke into the building is brought to justice. Mind you, broke into the building. These Most of them simply walked in when the police let them in and they 
didn't do anything and then left. They chanted, left. And yet you have people that broke $2 billion worth of insurance claims for BLM and Tifa riders, injured thousands of cops, killed people, maimed, burned like 800 businesses to the ground in Minneapolis, and he's not calling for more resources. Meaning, it's not a matter of that they're scared to use the budget leverage, they're scared of a government shutdown, they're scared of being accused of defaulting on debt if they hold up the debt ceiling you know, bill. They agree. They agree with the left on the Fourth Reich issues. Meaning not just that Tom Cole's a big spender, he's a... Likes government programs, likes pork. Yeah, we know that. He agrees with the persecution, even after everything he knows about what they did. This is not just a you know emotional reaction when you know to the media's spinning of it in the immediate aftermath. This is almost two years later after everything we know about the persecution, about the FBI raids and the FBI agent provocateurs. The Solitary confinement, the pretrial holding. There's a guy literally dying there of celiac disease, and they won't give him, you know, non whatever gluten free food or whatever. The the, the uh, Trump appointed judge McFadden denied habeas corpus petition on that after literally seeing him in. You know, he showed up to the court case, you know, emaciated, down fifty pounds, didn't care. The Republicans agree with Pfizer fascism. They agree with the, tech, the transhumanist technology. And people like Cole, for sure, his whole career, they agree with open borders. But he has the nerve. He tweeted out the same guy. So you say, man, Cole's a big leftist. No, but he tweeted out, during my travels around Oklahoma 4 this month, that's his district, I spent a lot of time talking to constituents about the issues that matter to them most, including inflation, the need for a strong national defense, securing our southern border, and much more. Yet, when it comes down to it, they'll do the opposite. And by the way, a strong national defense to them means, do you know what, you know what that means? Let me translate. That means giving even more funding than the Democrats want to the current woke and broke military, rather than you know, again, using the leverage to change policies. We're we're not going to fund green energy in the military. We're not going to fund transgenders. We're not going to fund, you know, gender bending. We're not going to fund um, vaccine mandates, things like that. No. They mean throwing more money at these spying programs. By the way, let me tell you, this is from Vice. Vice News came out with this a couple weeks ago. Multiple branches of the U.S. military have bought access to a powerful internet monitoring tool that claims to cover over 90% of the world's internet traffic and which in some cases provides access to people's email data, browsing history, and other information such as their sensitive internet cookies, according to contracting data and other documents. Additionally, Senator Ron Wyden, he's actually a Democrat from Oregon, says that a whistleblower has contacted his office concerning the alleged warrantless use and purchase of this data by NCIS, a civilian law enforcement agency that's part of the Navy. The tool called Augury, Augury bundles a massive amount of data together and makes it available to government and corporate customers as a paid service. Agencies that deal with the criminal investigations have also purchased the capability. According to Vice and the U.S. Army, um, U.S. Navy, Army, Cyber Command, and the Defense Counterintelligence Security Agency, they've spent $3.5 million to access this tool. Folks, the military 
and, and the national security state is a greater threat than the traditional leftist agencies, HHS, HUD, EPA. You can't think with the old mindset of, of Republicans and conservatives, oh, military good. Military is, a, is, the mo- is the most potent tool of a society. It's been captured and neutralized and used against us. So funding it more absent putting riders and, you know, you know, defunding these programs and, again, creating criminal and civil causes of action in court to any individual within DOD caught using this, anything short of that, that's what we're going to need, by the way, defunding, and then you have to have a cause of action because often they won't listen. They'll do it anyway. It's lawless. So you see what I'm saying, how they could use mellifluous-sounding language to indulge some of our historic, broad, platitude nature of our principles, like for a strong national defense, and they'll do the opposite, but they certainly won't do what it takes to fight it. Again, it's not, it's not hard. There's a budget CR that must not be turned into an omnibus. It must be kicked into next year. And there's a debt ceiling that will come up sometime April, May, or whenever. I don't know exactly when the debt ceiling runs out. And then they have these extraordinary measure games they play that gives them a couple more months on the clock. And those bills need to be used. Not for the old things of I'm going to change Medicare, Social Security, you know. No. It needs to be used for defunding Pfizer fascism, catch and release, immunity for, for vaccine companies, transgenderism, military spying, Ukraine war. Just to mention a few things, and obviously, 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 the FBI... DHS, ATF, and all those agencies from persecuting political opposition. Those are things for which we cannot wait. Anything short of that is BS. And then states where they can need to fight those as well, meaning they're going to ban transgenderism with the state, whatever the feds do. They're going to ban feds from coming in and grabbing individuals, and they're going to make them register with the state to get a license. It's It's an idea we've been pushing. They're going to deport illegals on their own. They're going to find ways to hit up Pfizer on anti-fraud statutes, convene grand juries, and certainly, certainly ban all these shots, not just say, see, that, that that's another game they're playing. So over the weekend, almost all these Republicans came out and said, um, you will, you know, yeah, we're not going to force our kids to get a shot. And it's like, what? This thing has killed people. What are you not going to force it? You need to get up there and say we're going to ban it from our states, yet their departments of health are still pushing it. Um, Ammon Bundy, you know, we had him on the show. He's running as an independent in Idaho. Brad Chicken Little, the leftist Republican who's the incumbent and, you know, running again. So he is one of them who said, oh, we're not going to do this in our state. And Ammon Bundy tweeted out, he said, hey, hey, Brad, there's a fine line between a mandate and, co- and coercion. And then he cut a video of Brad Little from last year saying, now is the time to get a vaccine. Like, okay, well, I guess you're saying you're not mandating it on kids, but you're using every tool of your rhetoric and the state funding and state organizations and state-backed NGOs to promote it. It's a death shot. 
That's not good enough. That, that's the game they play. We're, we're, we're beyond that. We're beyond that point. They're, they're going to play games all along with this stuff. Let me go on to another example of what the Rhinos are doing. Where is this? Daily Caller. Um, in a June 10th letter to Secretary of Transportation Pete Buckgang, National Republican Congressional Committee Chairman Representative Tom Emmer of Minnesota expressed support for a multi-million dollar infrastructure grant application that strives to serve as a social justice measure. It aims to address safety and equity, equity concerns surrounding Minnesota State Highway 65. The completion of this project means improved economic opportunities for ethically underserved communities. Currently, Highway 65 is very difficult to travel or cross for people walking or riding bikes, which is often a barrier to economic prosperity. For many living around there, Emmer wrote to Buck Gang. Emmer's letter sparked criticism from some other Republicans who told the Daily Caller that the letter proves Emmer agrees with Joe Biden and Buck Gang that America's highway system is racist. Um, so he supports this stuff. He's saying that our highway system somehow is racist. Meaning, again, we're not asking Republicans to fight like a hundred year ago or even 10 year ago level conservatism. You know, ref, you know, like what Reagan wanted to do, which is basically reverse the New Deal. That would have been nice, but they didn't do it and lied to us at the time. And here we are where we are. We're not, I'm not asking them to be conservative. I'm asking them to fight the fourth freaking Reich. To be what Tulsi Gabbard is today. To be what Naomi Wolf and RFK Jr. are today. That's all we ask. I'm not even asking for conservatism. Maybe one day we could rebuild a society in a couple new states where we could then push for conservative governance. We're not even fighting for that now. We're fighting for our lives. And yet Tom Emmer, another example that he's part of leadership. He has a vote on the steering committee. He's the NRCC. This is the guy who is in charge of funding and recruitment for the House races that will lead to the GOP majority. He's the chairman of the Republican House campaign arm. And he literally supports the most woke insanity you can imagine. That's what I'm telling you. You don't even have to look far. But like every other Republican, he'll put out a um, thing saying, oh, you know, yeah, the inflation's bad, the war, the government, the Democrats, this. But he supports it. Meaning... What I'm the only difference between Republicans and the European fake right wing like like the Tories is that because we have more of a robust movement in America and tradition of liberty, so they have to play a double game. Whereas in Europe, they just openly just say, screw you. I mean, you know this guy? Um, oh my gosh, this guy Rishi, the guy that just became prime minister. And by the way, you have all these prime ministers that are just chosen by the party no general election. He was just picked. You would think if you have a crisis where all these people just resigning, you would trigger an election. Rishi Sunak, the new uh, leader, he said, no, we're not going to hold general elections. I don't, I don't know when, you know, statutorily they have to hold elections. I'm not sure when the next one is, but it's still a little while off. This guy is literally, he's not, he's not like the equivalent of a rhino. He's like, he's literally Klaus Schwab. 
He supports the Communist Chinese Party. He supports social credit scores, pushing digital ID. He's a Goldman Sachs guy, wealthy as anything. He's an animal, this guy. And he's the Tory leader. So these Republicans won't openly use these terms. They'll privately use them. And like in this case, a private letter to the transportation secretary. But then they'll, they'll, they'll play this double game and they'll lie to us. This is the game. I don't know how you recover from it. I don't know how you recover from it. And folks, let, let me go on to another rhino. So we talked about Tom Cole in Oklahoma. The governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt. Most people think he's a conservative. The guy's a leftist. The guy doesn't believe in incarceration, except for January 6th. The guy, is a, he said, we're going to support electric cars, green energy, in freaking Oklahoma. Do you know what's interesting? If you go to RCP polls, you look at their map, you see all these toss-up states, the swing states, the blue states. It's supposedly a red wave year, right? Yet in Oklahoma, the governor's race is a toss-up, and the, all the recent polls have the Democrat ahead of Kevin Stitt. Now, you might ask, how in, a, in what's presumed to be a wave year is the guy behind in Oklahoma? Well, the answer is he's corrupt as hell. Again, I know people say, well, the media, the Democrats are just as corrupt. Yeah, I know, but the Republicans are also just as corrupt, so the media feasts on it there. So he's very unpopular. And you know, the, 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 the candidate, the Democrat candidate is doing a great job. She was a Republican. She has this whole line, I was a Republican longer than you, Kevin Stitt. You know, she recently changed. And she's kind of playing this game. So she's picking off a lot of people. Now, I'm not telling you that for sure he'll lose. He could still possibly win. But the fact that he is technically a few points behind, and I spoke to people that are very plugged into Oklahoma politics, Oklahoma legislature. They said that is, it is, it is real. It's not like fake polling. It is real. doesn't mean he still won't win ultimately or can't win. But this is what we have in red states. We have utter corrupt frauds. And it's not changing. It really is not changing. Unless you hold them accountable. Unless the top names at Fox and Newsmax and all the talk radio shows, do what I do and pressure and expose these people, expose the leverage points, expose the dates that are important for different legislation, different ideas, make the play calls. It won't happen on its own. What will happen on its own is the inertia of everything I'm showing you, what they're doing privately. Could you imagine... They have the 101st Airborne there on Ukraine's border, CBS reported. It's not just about defending NATO territory, the correspondent said. They're fully prepared to cross over into Ukrainian territory. Think about this. Have you ever seen the graphics comparing how much we've spent on Ukraine to every other country in Europe? If this is really, man, I mean, Putin's just going to take over Europe. He's like Hitler. Um, Ukraine is like Czechoslovakia or Poland, and we got to defend it. You would think Germany and England and France, they'd be spending a boatload of money, right? Why are we spending the money? Why are we the ones doing it? Say, if it's really what they said it was, of course it's not. We're literally provoking nuclear war over defending one of the greatest proxies of the WEF 
and Hunter Biden corruption. The Republican Party, 90% of the Republic, no, 100% of the Republicans that matter, and 80 to 90% of elected Republicans, they support the very Ukrainian administration that essentially took down Trump. All that Ukrainian corruption, the, the Russian hoax, it all came out of there. It ties back into Hunter Biden, the fake FBI petitions for the FISA court. All comes out of that Ukraine administration. We have, we have bled and spent tens of billions and are going to continue to. And now we have the 101st Airborne protecting the man that brought down Trump, Zelensky. I, I don't get it. And you have a lot of like Trump-supporting Republicans that are all into Ukraine. I, I just, For the life of me, I don't get it. Meaning, it's not even like they won't do the things that will help us. Meaning, we're now at a point where even if you just have the status quo, if Republicans would quite literally spend the next two years of GOP control of Congress doing no harm, which would never have been – that would be unprecedented because they've never done that. We're screwed because they have the noose around our neck. If you don't find ways – to really raise public awareness through the hearings, through the standalone legislation, through the media interviews, through the states pushing back, and through the budget bills of the fascism, the tyranny, the spying. I mean, it's no longer even COVID or even illegal immigration or even transgenderism. I know that sounds shocking, but if I had to, if you put a gun to my head and said, the number, if you, if you have one request to the genie out of the bottle, one favor that could be done. Daniel, you're here to save people. What's one thing I could do? Typically, I would have said, you know, get rid of COVID fascism. I, I'd probably say now to get rid of the national security apparatus and FBI, NSA, the spying and apprehension of American um, dissidents. Because while right now it's only a counted amount of people, everything we know, this is going to explode. We will be in prison. It absolutely will happen. I am convinced of that. So absent a massive effort to focus on the issues, message them properly, get the governors to engage in interposition, and then finally all that build up to the budget battles where you defund and refuse to sign any other bill absent a defund provision, we're screwed. Yet Republicans not only won't do that, they'll add to it. They agree with the Ukraine stuff. They agree with the January 6th persecution. Which, again, at this point, it's it, it's not about January 6th. They've gotten all those people. I'm saying even if you believe demonically in locking up someone pre-trial for walking into the freaking Capitol when the police actually opened the doors and, they, and a lot of them got fired for that. So that, that's an admission that it's their fault. Right, you can't entrap someone. Let's say you know law enforcement says, "Hey, it's fine, come in here." You can't prosecute the guy for that. And even if you would, you know, you'd never serve jail time. These guys, pre-trial, they'll get five years. There's this guy from Tennessee. I'm forgetting his name now. It's just slipping my mind. Uh, you could look it up. He he just got sentenced to four years. He spent 22 minutes in the Capitol. 22 minutes in the Capitol. Four years. That's more than the people who burned down the police station in Minneapolis to the ground. Okay? Republicans have no problem with that. And the border is all a mirage 
They'll they'll pad they'll they have some standalone things. They're not going to stop it. They'll have more border security funding, which by the way the Democrats will vote for that. Because you know what that funding is going to go towards? Catch and release. There's only two ways to to leverage against what they're doing. Number one, at a state level, deporting. And at a federal level, we don't have control of the executive branch. So at the end of the day, they're not going to deport. But at least to ban any release of any illegal alien into the country in any way. And to cut off all funding for any benefit Anything, education, healthcare, you name it, social security cards. And again, a civil and criminal cause of action in court for any executive branch official caught engaging in that, in that activity. That is the only way out of it. But here we have Republicans are screwing us. By the way, one other thing, just so you know. Carl Rove is now running ads in Pennsylvania saying that Fetterman is so extreme, he's not nearly as extreme as Josh Shapiro. Right? He's the attorney general who's running for governor. Do you know what you know what they're doing? It's a two for one. It's a way of electing Oz. A way of electing Oz, but making sure that Shapiro wins the governor's race, which is what they want. Can you imagine that? They don't want Doug Mastriano. We are always told, oh my gosh, whatever piece of crap comes out of that primary, it doesn't. He could be a World Economic Forum Republican. You have to vote for him in the general election. That's what we're told. But yet when our guys win the primary, they literally campaign for the Democrat. You can't play by those rules anymore. And of course, the opposite needs to happen. You need to vote for Mastriano and not Oz. And again, nobody, name me one other person who does what I do. Name me one other conservative writer or talker who is addressing this, who is properly diagnosing this and giving a solution. They have no answers to this. Any of this. What are you going to do with these subversive Republicans? Look through their rhetoric. And everywhere, not only are they not fighting for us, they're actually, in other words, they're not only not putting out the fire with water, they're coming with a blowtorch, with, with lighter fluid. We can't even get Republicans to talk like a, a new Canadian leader. I don't know the background. Those of you from Canada would know more. I didn't see this coming. I guess they had a new election. So Alberta is the most conservative province in Canada. But, but even Alberta had a garbage leader throughout COVID. They got a new one, Danielle Smith, the premier of the province, Listen to this clip of her. It's beautiful. Apologizing for lockdowns. Take a listen here. Finally, the Ottawa problem. There can be no doubt that the current NDP Liberal Alliance is just the latest in a long line of Ottawa governments that have frustrated the legitimate aspirations of hardworking Albertans. That stops now. When Ottawa announces policies and laws that attack our economy, or violate the rights of our people, or when Ottawa seeks to take control of our sovereign areas of provincial jurisdiction, our UCP government will not enforce those laws and policies in this province, period. And let me, and let me be very clear, I will never, ever 
never apologize for standing up for the people of Alberta and the province that I serve. So, we will pass the Sovereignty Act. Work has already begun on crafting it. We worked on it earlier this week at the caucus retreat. We still have further work to do, but I've asked for it to be ready by the time I take my seat in the legislature. We will then introduce it, and we will pass it, and we will use it to push Ottawa back into its own lane every single time that they step out of line and intrude on our constitutional rights. Alberta will no longer ask permission from Ottawa to be prosperous and free. So again, that was Danielle Smith, the new premier in Alberta, apologized for lockdowns, and she says we're going to have a sovereignty act. Anything that Ottawa does that is, you know, tyrannical or even harmful economically, it doesn't happen here. Now, I don't know the legal structure of Canada so well, but I do know there's no doubt that Provinces are not nearly as powerful and autonomous historically and sovereign as American states are. So here she's willing to say that in Alberta. How many Republicans have talked? How many Republican governors have talked like that? The closest is Ron DeSantis, but I mean, where Texas, Oklahoma, the Dakotas, Wyoming, Idaho, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee. Where do you see this? Arkansas, Missouri. They just said, we won't force kids to get the vaccine. Oh, okay. Wow, that's great. Great. That's, that's, that's very brave. But no, the most important thing is what she said. We've been talking a lot about the budget bills, you know, the, the hearings, the way to leverage the feds. But ultimately, I still believe the most important thing are the Republican governors and state legislatures. They could, they could end this tomorrow. Remember, Danielle Smith is a lot more isolated. There's only one of her. And Ottawa is much stronger. The people are more leftist. You look at the polls. The people are not even souring on Trudeau that much. They agree with a lot of this. They're brainwashed, like in Europe. Here, at least, the people are like, dude, vote the Democrats out. We want them out. They're going to have such a freaking mandate. That's why, getting back to what I started the show with, November 9th, the day after, is so important. I need help. I need a movement focused on every Republican state with a trifecta. What are all the legislative things we can do on the border, on transgenderism, on medical freedom, on interposing federal tyranny, including political persecutions, on energy policy, other economic policies? pushing back against discrimination in the so-called private sector that flies in the face of all of, of equality under the law that we've all adopted. All of that needs to be addressed in all the ways that the governors and the attorneys generals of those states could fight for us. There's a whole litany of things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to at some point enumerate it in a, in a column, you know, put, put, put it in writing. But, I mean, there's no limit to it. Not to mention all the focus on the different leverage points the week after in, in Washington at a federal level, the GOP freshman orientation, the conference where they elect leaders and adopt the rules. I have a column out today outlining um, some of the Freedom Caucus proposals. There's a bunch of them, but I highlight six of them. There's a couple more I could focus on too. That is the most important thing. Here's what you need to know. 
What the left is doing has never been this destructive, tyrannical, life-altering, and literally serving as a noose around their necks. On the other hand, the people have never been with us more. Electorally, we've never had a greater opportunity. But So you might think, oh, well, intuitively, well, if the Democrats are doing this and the people vote like this, they're going to come in and, oh, this is over with. Again, God bless him, Steve Bannon, you know, he's, his life is on the line now. But he's said recently, November 8th, the Biden administration is over with. I, 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 sorry, Steve, that, that's not going to happen on its own. We could, oh, believe me, if they would do what I just said and, and fight on those leverage points and the governors do, it would be over with. Because the people would back it. But they're not doing it. And they're not going to do it on, the, on, on their own. If left to their own devices... They're going to perfectly sweet talk us, have a couple of distractions, and screw us on all the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter, both at a state and federal level. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. This is, this, this is how it's going to go. I'm showing you on each issue what they're going to do. On the border, they'll be like funding more border security. Huh, what? No, it's defunding with criminal penalties any bennies for illegals, any releases. That's the only way to dry it up. Now, to be fair, I could envision McCarthy pushing a bill on the floor, a standalone bill, he knows won't go anywhere, that will have some of those provisions in the legislation. But if you don't put them in the budget bill, it's worthless. And then, like I said on, on Friday... Even that bill, he won't allow any reductions in legal immigration, which is why we need the Freedom Caucus rule to adopt that any member, if they get 10% support, could force an amendment vote. And that's the type of thing you would have in, a, in, in, in an amendment. Transgenderism? I'm not even seeing them promise to defund transgenderism in the government. They're saying, well, a parental bill of rights, that parents have the right to know, or the right to look at the curriculum, that that's, that's a bill that they're proposing but never defunding, criminalizing, nothing. Unless you defund and have teeth, it is worthless. And again, I don't want to hear this garbage of, oh, Daniel, we can't, you have too high expectations. We need the next election, the presidency. There's a couple of things wrong with that. Number one, if that's true, so then why are you talking out of both the sides of your mouth? Then don't lie to me and say, oh, it's over with. We're, 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 you know, the, the cavalry is coming. The no, it's not. You're basically telling me nothing's going to happen and we have to wait till 2025. We'll be dead by then. That's number one. And number two, it's not true. Because Republicans had control of all three and they still didn't do it because it's like, Daniel, we're scared. We're scared. We can't fight. Uh, we don't want our government shut down. Well, if you take that to its logical conclusion... That means even if you have the House, Senate, and White House, but the Democrats have at least 41 seats, which they always will, at least for the foreseeable future, they'll just filibuster the budget, and you'll have to agree to them because of a government shutdown. Meaning, if you're not going to fight it now with the most unpopular, incoherent, dementia-ridden Biden, right? the whole, the whole issue was they're like, well... Historically, it was tough with Bill Clinton, the bully pulpit of the presidency. That was the line that you can't 
as a Republican co Congress fight a government shutdown fight against a Democrat with a bully pulpit of the presidency. Then we had Trump with the presidency, and they still didn't want to do it. He had a big bully pulpit. And then now you have a Democrat president with a negative bully pulpit where he makes a fool out of himself, and they don't want to do it. So they're never going to do it. We know they're not. It's a lie. It's not because they're scared of a government shutdown. It's because they don't agree with us on the underlying issues. It's not like, Daniel, we wish we could do this. We don't have the votes. We... No. Because they do. They do have the leverage. They have the people. The people agree with them. Do they agree with them on reforming Social Security? Probably not. But on this much, they do. And they won't do it. And that's how we know Republicans are a bunch of utter freaking frauds utter frauds that's what they're going to do ukraine at best the house will dial back some of the senate republican increase in spending for ukraine but think about it the 101st airborne is on the ukrainian border can i ask you a question who voted for that well daniel we voted to fund a bunch of military help well there's there's, there's funding weapons but then this deployment of the 101st Airborne, how do you not need a declaration of war? This is the problem. Meaning, the, you can't just say we're going to win a bunch of legislative seats in a corrupt system where the legislature no longer matters and the executive branch does what it, it wants. Unless you're going to, the only leverage you have is the debt ceiling in the budget. Once you give that away, they do what they want. So even if you would cut off all funding for Ukraine, it doesn't matter. They'll deploy... When was the last time an executive, Republican or Democrat, asked permission to deploy troops? World War II? You know, they're not going to do it. That needs to change. That's something Republicans need to run on. That we will absolutely defund any effort of a president to start a war. And this is a nuclear war without a declaration of, 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 of war. How have we not moved back to that? Are they even calling for it? Pfizer, I don't even have to tell you. All they're at is that we're going to fight the mandates. So again, even the mandates, they'll do standalone. They're not going to have a government shutdown over it. And B, it's like this thing is like, let's say the government pushes, promotes, funds, partners with hemlock. And not just any hemlock, but endless streams of new hemlock. And then that hemlock is promoted by every government-funded NGO at every doctor's office. So that's coercion. I mean, that's what they talked about during Nuremberg. That is a mandate, essentially. That's not enlightened consent. But they'll never touch that. We love vaccines. Oh, and then the COVID shots, too, are amazing. Eh, just don't force it. A, with that attitude, you're not really going to fight the forcing anyway. And B, that's not good enough anymore. There's so much that needs to be done on the pandemic-related stuff. The emergency powers, I'm not even hearing them talking about it. Have you ever heard any Republican say, we're going to end the ability of a president to declare an emergency in the way he did and, 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 and have such powers, wield such powers? Not even talking about Pfizer and, and immunity and things like that. Just that alone is a very popular thing, that you need a congressional vote or something. You know, any declared emergency beyond seven days, you need two-thirds of Congress to continue it. Something like that. Is anyone even proposing that? 
Simple, simple ideas. And again, the FBI, there's no, presumably McCarthy will shut down the Democrat, you know, January 6th committee. But will they have their own? There's no promise of that yet. And even if they do, will they look into what needs to be looked into? Remember when the Republicans had control under Obama. Just remember, what did they do? Nothing on any issue that mattered. We never got to the bottom of extortion 17, where the Obama administration likely sabotaged an entire squadron of Navy SEALs, SEAL Team 6. Worst day of death in naval special warfare history in Afghanistan, a year after um, bin Laden was caught. Many things like that. The Benghazi committee was a joke. It's not going to happen on its own. We need to get busy. Let me remind you. Let me remind you, folks. Republicans, they're saying Republicans might get up to 250 seats, which would technically be the most they had since 19, what, 29 or something. But I have news for you. In the last two years of Obama, Republicans had 247 seats in that House. And what did they do with it? It's not going to change on its own. The good news is there's a lot of great ideas that we can use. There's a lot of great leverage points. There's a lot of great messaging points. What they're doing is unpopular. And the more they win, the more it will show that mandate. But don't just project your own logical way of thinking on Republicans. Oh, so therefore, oh man, if you wake up the next day, I'm not saying for sure it's going to happen, but let's say the polls are like underselling the Republican victories, and it's going to be twice as much. And everyone's going to be euphoric. And I'd be happy too because it shows the people are getting it. But what are you going to do with it? That's what you can count on me for. And that's why I need you guys to send this show to every one of your friends and relatives. I will try to restart our effort with the Liberty Strike Force teams um, for the upcoming legislative sessions divided up by states to, you know, let's say we come out with 10 important priorities to push it in your respective legislatures. This is what we need to stay focused on. The election is nothing. It is nothing if you don't actually do anything with the football that you're given. Historically, they've never done it. We know they don't plan on doing it. I'm proving to you how they're, it's not just that they're too lazy or scared to do it. They don't agree with the plays we want to make. And unless you really relentlessly focus on on shame them and beat them into doing it, they will not do it. That's the job I'm going to do with your help. We're just getting started this week. Folks, again, email me, danielherwitz at startmail.com. At C19TruthPalms is the telegram uh, handle at C19TruthPalms. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.